So everybody's been asking me, are you gonna are you gonna root for the Chiefs? You know, like my vote has anything different to do. I'm just a preacher, but they wanted the preacher to be on the Chiefs side. I'm on the Chiefs side today, so you can you can put that to rest. We're we're gonna win. Herb, thank you. He basically preached the sermon today, so if we want to stand up and sing, I guess excellent job. Ethan and Heather, here they are. Ethan and Heather Holloway, would you please stand? I announced you earlier, these are our newest members. Welcome to Heartland. Okay, I think that's all of the prelude I have. i got to make a confession to you today, even before the invitation song is sung. The confession is this, I am not God. You act like that's surprising to you. Wow. No, I am not God. I don't know everything. And there's no way that I can know everyone intimately. The elders, they're not God either. And they cannot know everybody and what's going on in everyone's lives and be able to care for everybody. It's it's physically impossible. Matter of fact, that's why Jesus selected twelve. He ministered and He loved and He cared for them and He taught them. And He trained them to the point to where they would then go out and, and reach the world. And I say that because I want us to again think today about community and about groups and about caring for each other. Because it's what, uh, more than anything else right now, I believe, is, is what we need. A couple of other things. Do you realize that if we have a church mentality that everybody knows everybody, and I'm not talking about names, right? We know names. I'm talking about we know everybody and we know what's going on. And we're that um, the um, statisticians within church growth tell us that if that's the mentality, your growth will be limited to around 150. That's about all a person can physically keep up with. And so we want to, again, think about reach groups, being together in community, and we're breaking this down so that, you know, everybody has a place. Everybody has a group. I can't know everybody, right? We can't know everybody. But we can be loved and cared for by at least one. For some, that's all they need. That's all they need. To have your place and to be loved. And so today I want us to think about um, loving others as Jesus loved us. And the text is from John chapter 13. That actually should be verse 34 and 35. And here's what Jesus says. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Watch the last phrase. 
Don't let this go right past you. By this all men, all humanity, all human beings will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now think about the power, the ramifications of that particular sentence, statement. You know, we all want to be, we've always have strived to be disciples of Jesus and and to proclaim to the world, right? That we are the disciples of Jesus Christ. That He has mentored us. That He has trained us. And you say, well, how have you gone about doing that? Well, we, we make sure that we get the correct doctrine on everything possible. That we're in the right and, and, and the rest are in the wrong. And, and by the way, don't ever hear me say that doctrine is not important. It's critically important. But Jesus did not say that the world will know you're my disciples if you have correct doctrine. The world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, let me ask you this, right? This isn't difficult to understand. Charlie, you're getting it, right? This isn't difficult to understand. I've got to love. That everything revolves around love. It's the greatest command. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what? Say it with me. Love your as, as yourself. Matter of fact, Jesus said everything hangs on that. The law, the prophets. Everything in the Old Testament hangs on that command that we are to love one another. I think we understand that. Jesus is calling us to love others like Jesus loved us. Which is, when that happens, that is heaven come to earth. That is the kingdom of God on display here in this world. That's why we went through the kingdom of God. That's why we went through the Sermon on the Mount. We talked about it. Literally bringing heaven to earth as we practice loving one another. See, community is just so rewarding because we're doing life together. We're watching others come to Jesus and grow. We're watching them overcome. And it's incredibly rewarding. Some of the greatest rewards we will ever experience on this earth is when we are there to watch and help and encourage another person grow. Another person to say yes to Jesus Christ. Another person that overcomes something. That we were there. We were loving them. We were praying for them. We sat by them on the bedside. We were at the hospital with them. Whatever it is. And we watched them grow. It's incredibly rewarding. It's what Jesus has called us to be and to do. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, and I put the first two words in capitals and in red. Above all. Right? Nothing else goes above this. This is at the top of the list. The first one was the greatest commandment. There is nothing greater than love God, love your neighbor. Above all, Peter says, keep on loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality. We talked about that about a week ago to one another without grumbling. Don't grumble when you when you host people. Don't grumble when the meat's a little bit cold or it's unsweet tea. No grumbling. Not allowed. Can't do that. As each has received a gift, 
May I, may I pause there? Every one of us have received gifts. Gifts of the Spirit. Paul talks about that throughout 1 Corinthians. Don't, don't sit here and go, well, that leaves me. I don't have a gift. No, you got a gift. Use it to serve. Use it to love. Use it to bless. Use it to get outside your box and care for another person. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Above everything else, love one another. But here's the challenge, okay? Community is not only rewarding. Community is messy. Can I get an amen? It's messy. You know why? Because we're messy. And when you live with others and you, you care for others, it can be hard work. Don't kid yourself. Groups and getting together and, and, and getting together all the time is hard work. Because we're, we're messed up. We got issues. We got problems. We got things that we have to overcome. Right? It's messy. It's hard work. We get people that need extra grace. So you always have the person, um, you run into these folks, a person that always has a problem. Every time you meet them, they got a problem. Every time they come to group, they got a problem, another thing that's going on, right? And, and we, we love them. We help them work through that. You know people like this. By the way, if you don't know people like this, it's you, okay? So just <laughs> better start thinking real quick. Right? Oh, you got a problem. You got other people you run into, they always got an issue. Something's wrong with somebody and something else, and this isn't right, and uh, and always has an issue. People always have excuses, as Herb was talking about. We always got excuses. And you're trying to you're trying to form this team, this community, and growing together and loving each other, and you got these folks that you have to deal with. So community's also messy. But it's also fun. Differences are fun. All of us are different. If you've been married for any period of time, you realize that God created differences between men and women. Right, Abel? Yeah. So I heard the story this week about the college professor who was doing a night class for adults on computer science, teaching them the fundamentals of computers. And about three or four weeks into it, he said, let's do something for fun. He said, men over here to this side of the room, women over there to the other side of the room. And he said, I want, this is the project. You've got about 15 minutes, and I want you to decide whether or not, um, or, or here's, what, here's what the challenge was. What gender is a computer and why? What gender is a computer and why? Have fun with it, he said. So about 10 or 15 minutes, they come back and... Um, the men went first, and the men said absolutely 100% unanimous vote that the gender of a computer is female, and here are our reasons why. Number one, no one but their creator understands their internal logic. Number two, when computers communicate to each, when computers communicate to each other, they speak in code language that only they and the experts can understand. Oh, you guys aren't going to laugh at that one, huh? 
I see who runs the house. Number three. Computers are female gender. Number three, why? Every mistake you make is stored on their hard drive for easy retrieval. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and number four, because as soon as you commit to one, you find yourself spending half your paycheck accessorizing it. That they didn't get the last word. The women came back in 100% agreement, unanimously said... That the gender of a computer is male, and here are our reasons why. Number one, first, to get their attention, you have to turn them on. Number two, we'll keep moving. No, we'll keep moving. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Number two, the reason why the gender is male, they have a lot of data, but still can't think for themselves. <laughs> Number three. They're supposed to help you solve problems, but half the time they are the problem. And number four, the reason why the women believe that the gender of a computer is male is because as soon as you commit to one, you realize if you had waited a little longer, you could have gotten a better model. <laughs> it's messy. We're different. Jesus, though, calls us to love like He loves us. There's all kinds of benefits. It's worth it. Um, here's some things I wrote down. In group, we develop intimacy with one another. We're sharing our lives. We're listening to each other. We're loving each other. We're challenging each other. We're holding each other accountable. But again, and I've said this, and this is why I say, I'm not God, I don't know everything, the elders are not God, they don't know everything, can't know everybody. We get, you know, on average, here this morning, we will get about two to three minutes each, right, visiting with each other. It's impossible. In group, we share. This is what is going on. And intimacy is developed, which means that you're developing friendship. We develop intimacy. We develop ownership at Heartland. Listen to this one carefully. If I'm not committed to the body of Christ at Heartland, this church will never become my home, and these people will never become my family. Does that make sense? See, when I get in, in, invested in it, when I have some ownership, boy, this is my church family. Don't come talking to me about my church family. Don't be running them down. This is my church home right here. I give my blood, my sweat, my tears for this church. For some of you, this isn't home yet. You haven't invested. You haven't committed. You haven't prayed for this church, whatever it is. In group, ownership is developed. Intimacy, ownership. We use our gifts and talents. Leaders are developed. It is a way to love everyone and to have a place for everyone. And when those things happen, this place is our family and our home. And we grow. This week, Jeff came into my office and he said, Have you seen, and I don't even know what the television show is. Are we, are we about queued up for this? Okay. Uh, make sure that the sound is, is up as, as high as it can go because he had a hard time getting this put together. But it's some television show where they're sitting around and they're talking about community and the, um, the effects of community. 
And I thought I'd just let you um, listen to this uh, for just a few moments. So if you want to go ahead and cue that up and get it going. Hi, my name is William, and I'm an addict. Hi, William. I've been clean for five years and one minute. Strange thing to celebrate, huh? Somehow it feels more special than my own birthday. I started using 30 years ago. I lost my mother. The only family I ever really had. Then I moved a couple of blocks away and all that changed. I met Sam, drove a scepter and didn't begrudge me when I couldn't pay my fare. And Bernadette, who bested this old junkie to a game of chess and for a prize, asked that I accompany her to an NA meeting. And last night I met this young Nigerian woman named Chi Chi. She let me hold her beautiful baby. And she told me I was a natural. And it might as well have been my birthday when she said that. And she gave me that gift. Community. It's a strange word on its own. The word's not as warm as family. Some people, people like myself, we don't have family. But that's okay. Because we have each other. We have this place. And that's not nothing. That's not nothing at all. Community, community through small groups, it's what we need as a congregation. From day one, the elders uh, began talking to Danny about restarting our REACH program or, or small groups. You know, small groups, they are a biblical concept. Uh, Acts 2 teaches that the early church... Uh, practice this. And we all know Heartland has experienced a, a, a bit of a roller coaster past. Uh, and the elders firmly believe that developing community is a vital part in establishing unity for Heartland. You know, as Danny mentioned, you know, elders cannot uh, keep up with everything that's involved in members' lives. Not because we don't want to, but because they're, we are human. Uh, we have flaws, just ask my wife. <laughs> and we have limited time and resources. But groups enable the body to minister to each other on a more personal and intimate level. Groups are going to require some sacrifice on our parts. But the benefits are going to far outweigh the commitments. And quite frankly, church, we make time 
for what's important in our lives. And lastly, our elders believe that a strong sense of community not only helps meet basic human needs, but is also fundamental in improving and maintaining our commitment as Christians, which is a fun, fundamental is, which is fundamental to discipleship and church growth. Our mission is to love God. We see it on the banners. Love the church or each other, and to love the world. Church community helps us to stay on that mission. I wanted you to hear from from one of our elders as we as we continue this idea. Let me tell you that uh, probably, Lord willing, next week, start giving you some more details about this. But I just wanted to keep this in the forefront of your mind over the last several weeks about where we believe God's calling us. The first step. Know this. That community is based upon Jesus Christ and his love for us in the way not only that he loves us, but also that he went to the cross to die for us. It's based on Jesus. The community that we have with each other is through it is in Christ and only through Jesus Christ. Why we're so different as we talked about. I'm a southern boy. I'm freezing up here. And, and, and even, even living here and, and being at worship together, uh, we, we come from different parts of Kansas City. We have different interests. We have different backgrounds and experiences. Right? We're different. But the thing that unites us is the love that Jesus Christ has for us. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We didn't deserve to be forgiven, yet we were. We have life because of Jesus. That unites us. So we're going to make the commitment to circle up and get involved in this thing called community. And we're going to laugh together and laugh at each other and tell jokes. And we'll take trips together and we'll serve together. Wonderful. And we're going to make the commitment to get in there and get down and dirty and listen to folks and cry with them and help them out and give to them and to share with them and to help overcome. We're going to make that commitment. Why? Jesus made that commitment to us. And has called us to be disciples. And so, I love this verse from James 5. By the way, this can happen in groups. Confessions to one another. And pray for each other. The last question that we'll ask in every group meeting is, what can we pray for you about? Not grandma, not grandpa, not dog, not cat. There's a place for that. Can we pray for you? Pray for one another that you may be healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. You do realize that for some, they realize that they realize they have been forgiven. But you can be forgiven of a sin and not healed from it. What are you talking about? I know I'm forgiven. I just don't feel like it. 
can't wrap my mind around it. But when you come and you pray for me, and you say to me, you're forgiven. And you hug me, and you love me, and you love me in spite of my sin, it is immediately a picture of how God treats us. God in the flesh with arms. There are two people that taught me grace and love and mercy more than anybody else. And one is sitting in here, my wife, Mary Ann. I said, oh, I've messed up. I've messed up. And she loves me. She forgives me. The other is my mother. Because growing up younger, I was worse. She really had to reach deep into her pocket to pull out grace. And when they say you're forgiven, and you hug, and you embrace, and you realize they mean it, wow. And that's how God feels about us. So ultimately, community is this. Community is communicating the love of God to each other. Communicating love. We commit to doing that. I don't know what the needs are today. I don't know where you are. Maybe you haven't begun the journey with Jesus as a disciple so that you live in community because of what Jesus has done. So for that person, it's a matter of saying, you know what, Jesus, I surrender to you. I give my life to you. I confess my sin. I'm ready to repent. I'm changing my mind. I'm turning around. I'm ready to be immersed in water like we saw a couple of weeks ago for the forgiveness of sins. God adds us to the church. We're in community. Maybe for you today, you've made that step, but you just haven't been able to find the place to make the commitment to be in the body of Christ. You might respond this morning and say, you know what? I have to get in community and here are the things that are holding me back. I'm ready to overcome them. Church, remember, life is short. Time is precious. And we've been given the greatest gift that human beings could ever give. Whatever need you have this morning, as we stand and sing, won't you come to the front? Let's pray together. Okay? Let's stand.